0: We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech, you can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech, you can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech, we can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast still known as What's the Good Word podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Always and forever.
1: And... Tail with Boston College because, goodness gracious. And Bowling Green. And Louisville. <laughs> Louisville and Old Miss. And the Citadel. Northern Illinois. Yeah, we could
0: just keep going. There's too many on the list. We'll, we'll get to that later, right? Uh, we'll, we'll have our, our, our circle crying session. All right. Welcome in. This is a safe space, which, you know, there's too many times we've had to say safe space. It isn't a safe space because welcome to the football rant show. Um, we have been patient. We are going to talk about the football fiasco that happened this last weekend. We might look ahead. We might not. I don't know how we're going to feel at that. We do want to cover news of the day first. We want to cover some good news first. We want to, we're going to talk about a a lot of tidbits of news and we're going to spend most of the time on football. And at the very end, something we haven't done in a while, we're going to get a little analytical and have a little fun. You'll know very quickly whether you want to listen to the last part of the show. But before we get there, (sighs) Joshua, should we start with some good news? I think we should. All right. Let's start with some good news. All right. The Georgia Tech volleyball team was coming off their worst loss of the season Mm -hmm. last week. They had dropped three straight sets to Miami. They righted the ship in O'Keefe Gymnasium. They defeated both Duke and North Carolina. I want to focus on the second game, North Carolina. At this recording, Georgia Tech was number 13 in the nation. I believe their rank is going to come up because they are now 17-3, and 8-2 and in the conference. That is the best 20-match start in the Michelle Collier area and third best overall. They got a four-set win over North Carolina. I went to RamblingWreck.com, and this was a great little article talking about quick hits, both about that match and also just about where the Jackets stand at this point in the season. They've won five matches in a row against UNC and six of the past seven. It's the 24th consecutive sellout at O'Keefe gymnasium dating back to the 2021 season. Well done. Yellow jacket fans. Well done. I appreciate if you win people show up. Yeah. I, I take like notes. It. Tech has won uh 96 of its last 119 matches. It's an 80.807 uh, winning percentage. They've won 17 of the first 20 matches this season. Uh, tied for the best 20-match start to a season in the Michelle Collier era. She also did that in 2021. It's tied for the third-best record through 20 matches in program history. In 2003, they were 20-0, and, and in 1996, they were 18-2. They're currently hitting 349 as a team, or they did, I'm sorry, in that win. That's the highest-hitting percentage in a home match this season. Boy, that sure sounds like a baseball stat. Highest-hitting percentage in a home match this season. Senior outside hitter Tamara O'Teen continues to do fantastic. Twenty-three kills on three forty-eight hitting, most kills by any hitter in the ACC in a four-set conference match this season. It was her third match with at least twenty kills, uh, while hitting three hundred on her hitting. Uh, she owns nine hundred eighty-five career career kills. She's getting. Almost like a shoe in to get to a thousand for her career. Junior outside hitter Bianca Bertolino made twenty kills on four fifty nine hitting, fantastic stuff. I'm assuming that's good, it, that, not only is that good, they're the only hitters in the ACC to hit twenty kills or more in the same four set match this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Powell, uh, uh, Paola Pimentel secured twenty one digs. Bella D'Amico led the team with thirty assists. Freshman setter Holloway Sorez adding twenty one assists. So, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on uh, of what this team is doing. So uh, just fantastic for the Lady Yellow Jackets. Keep it up. Good luck. They're heading on the road this week. They'll be back in O'Keefe Gymnasium in two weeks. Check out their schedule at ramblinrec.com. Get tickets today. Continue that sellout streak. And Jackets, man, bring it home. Keep, Keep fighting. Get a chance to win an ACC title and do some things in the tournament. Absolutely. Well, do you want the good news first or the bad news for my segment? Since we started with good news, let's continue good news because almost the rest, of a lot, so much of it is going to be bad news. Well, the good news relates to basketball then. There okay. was an article
1: over at The Athletic, which is a great publication. I suggest everybody read it because it is legitimate writers writing about sports. Uh written by Tobias Bass. He was talking about the top 20 college basketball freshmen for 2023-2024, and while Georgia Tech did not have a person on the official list. They did have an honorable mention, and that is one man by the name of Baye Ndongo. Um, in the words of Tobias Bass, I will never forget the first time I saw Ndongo play. He was in the back gym in a church in Houston, and I saw this six foot nine kid block a shot off the glass, get the rebound, push the ball full court, and dunk it. No one knew who he was, but as I watched him and studied his game, I thought one day he could be a pro. Most prospects his size don't have the athleticism, skill, or feel for the game like he does. He's battled some injuries this offseason, but when we look back at this list, we will ask ourselves why he wasn't sought after more while being recruited. Hmm. So, according to one person who is paid to write about this sport, the Georgia Tech might have gotten a very good freshman in Baye Andongo. Well, we'll see. Time will tell. What's the bad news? The bad news is Georgia Tech lost another football commit for the class of 2024. Mm. This is the third one, I think, in as many weeks. Um, the last two have been relatively impactful from C.J. Jackson to Marcus Downs. This one, I believe he was the lowest-ranked recruit in our class. If not, he was definitely down there towards the bottom. It was Lane Waddell, a tight end out of Greenfield, Indiana. In all fairness, a tight end from Indiana coming down to Tech. Always kind of seemed like an iffy iffy proposition um, recruiting out of state. He does, according to 24-7, have seven official offers with the other offers coming from Northern Illinois, Air Force, Ball State, Georgia State, Maryland, and Pennsylvania.
0: Okay, great. So we wish you nothing but the best, sir. Eh. Um, we wish yeah. you no harm, but good luck in all your future endeavors. He been is been
1: the sixth decommit from this class officially, joining CJ Jackson, Marcus Downs, like we talked about, uh, Duke Watson, Jakari Williams, and TJ Engelman. And how many recruits do they still have? Uh, in... They have 24. Okay. 24. They're currently, if you care about this stuff, they're 32nd. And I don't care they about haven't, that. They haven't dropped significantly despite yeah. some of the decommitments,
0: probably aided by Trajan Greco now being a top 200 player. And I, I would imagine in this new era, new world of constantly transferring and committing, decommitting, that... I don't know what that is nationally. I don't know where that ranks. Uh, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure there are teams with fewer, and I'm sure there are teams with more at this point. Hey, shall we change topics before we, shall. we go back to the horrible topic of we the football shall. team at this point? All right. I do want to shout out field reporter Stacey. She gave us two stories this week. Man, she is putting in the legwork. She is putting in the work. Sent us a couple of things from uh, – actually, she – uh, I, I asked her and said, how much do you want me to you know, talk about all the legwork you do? She goes, I just follow tech on, on Facebook. <laughs> so we want to congratulate. Uh, we want to give congratulations and a shout out to Ben Shelton. He is not a tech alum. His dad, however, we talked about Ben Shelton and his showing in the U.S. Open. He won his first ATP Tour title by winning the Japan Open. So we want to give him congratulations. And, of course, we want to thank his father, Brian, for being a great Georgia Tech alum and player and also coach back on the flats. So good to see the Shelton family doing well. Also want to give the other piece of information is at the football game that we're going to talk about. There was some announcements made of a couple of entries into the Georgia Tech Sports Hall of Fame. Want to shout out former baseball player Mark Pope for making it into the Georgia Tech Sports Hall of Fame. And also... Coach Paul Hewitt, former basketball coach who sent 13 players to the NBA, was in five NCAA tournaments, made it to the 2004 NCAA championship game, and was ACC coach of the year. Never won an ACC title, but did make it all the way to the final game before getting blown out against UConn and and Okafor, yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is, but, you know, Passner made one final game in the NIT and we got blown out, and Hewitt made the final game in the 04 just NCAA that, tournament. You just don't have that championship deep, uh, yeah. that clutch I, gene. I don't know. But Paul Hewitt, uh, g- good man, good coach, uh, did everything above board, did everything really well, and deserves to be in the Georgia Tech Sports Hall of Fame. Absolutely deserves it. I'm surprised it took him this long. Following Bobby Kremens was not easy, and he stayed for a while. And I, I well, I. So up next, to finish up, up next, Brian Gregory, right? No, that is not <laughs> going to happen. So it is time. We've held it off as long as we can. Nine minutes <laughs> and some odd seconds. There's only so much. It's just, yeah, get it out. Yeah. So got to get it out there. Uh, my therapist told me I'm not allowed to talk about sports anymore. with him. Yeah. Well, I, since you did the get it out there, which I think is a very obscure Joey Friends <laughs> reference. I was going to say the football team needs to go in the box. Yes. you know, I, Put them <laughs> in the box. Put them in the box. So, all right. We, good thinking in there. We have to talk about it. Uh, truth be told, Joshua, you did not have to watch this travesty unfold. I, I tuned in for a couple
1: minutes at the end of the second quarter or third quarter, maybe. I don't know. When I tuned in, I was like, oh, it's a close game. So Boston College, you know, Cast, Castellanos must be playing very well. But you know, hopefully, tech can pull through. And then I got the notification that it was over, and I was like, "Oh
0: crap, what happens?" Yeah. So do your best, unbiased sportscaster review. Please well, don't take reading from the box score too much time. But let's let's go over what happened, and then just to lay out what's going to happen in this little. Ladies and gentlemen, it sucked. Yeah. To, to, keep, it, to keep it short and sweet. It, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Thirty-eight to twenty-three final Boston College at Georgia Tech. Boston College at 4-3 and three on the season now. Georgia Tech at 3-4. and four. We had said battle of you know 500 ACC teams. One of those games that if you really want to get into the upper echelon, you have to have. And Tech looked good to begin the game. They did start off in the game. Going into halftime, they were down 17-10. to 10. Uh, They'd been outscored slightly in both first and second quarter. They scored 13 in the third, 13 to nothing. So they had a great third quarter. Uh, followed by a dumpster fire of a fourth quarter where Boston College scored 21 unanswered points. Uh, and even before all that happened, it was one of those things where it's like, well, it, it, there's some positives to take away, right? Boston College was winning at half, but one of the touchdowns was a pick six from Haynes that Haynes came through at the Georgia Tech 30. So the defense had really only given up 10 points and the offense had scored 10 points by themselves. Um, a touchdown drive at the end of the first that was capped off by Jamal Haynes. A field they got in field goal range. Aiden Burr drilled a 46 yarder. We gotta talk about Aiden Burr has been very good this year. He did miss an extra point. They're, that's one of the first times I've heard something negative about him. But yep. third quarter, you had a big time run from Haynes King, 71 yards. Um you also had a pass to Avery Boyd on another drive that was at the end of the quarter in between that. Um the defense was doing their job, you know, making plays, but the fourth quarter was where it really fell apart. Um Boston College had a good drive at the very beginning of the fourth or end of the third, beginning of the fourth, they capped it off with a touchdown. Um, then they had a big run from Castellanos, and then they had another drive that and Georgia Tech's offense was just giving the ball back. I mean, they scored with 854 left in the fourth to make it 31-23. And then their next touchdown came with 731 left to make it 38-23. And then they Georgia Tech didn't score for the rest of the game. And if you go to the by quarter, the play-by-play, after that last touchdown, Georgia Tech did have a drive. They were intercepted again at
0: the Boston College 20, no less. Yeah, that's the one where Haynes King literally threw it right into the face mask of the defender, who wasn't coming into the picture, but was just standing there. And that was at 5 minutes, 50 seconds, in
1: Boston College effectively drained the clock for the rest of the game, did not give the ball back. They did take a knee. Yeah, um, they did take a knee. They learned. Notable performers, Haynes King had a putrid game, to say the least. He was 14 for 32, 204 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Did not take a sack, but three interceptions is, you cannot forgive it. Now, one of them was, uh, the guy made a good play, and he trapped the ball after trying to swat it against his leg. That was the pick six, but other than that, I mean, like you said, last pick, he threw it at the guy. He didn't even, mm-hmm. it wasn't even like he jumped around it, was he threw it at the guy. Um, he was the leading rusher, 10 carries for 150 yards, although 71 of those came on the touchdown. Uh, Jamal Haynes, 12 carries, 56 yards. Trey Cooley, 12 carries, 31 yards. There was no Eric Singleton this game. He woke up the game, day of the game and was very sick, was not mm-hmm. able to play. So the leading receiver was Christian Leary. He had four catches on 10 targets for 54 yards. Uh, Aiden Burr did miss that extra point. And then on defense, no sacks. Once again, from the team, uh, they did have an interception. Amari Harvey, I believe, picked him off the end zone. Correct. Mm-hmm. So Amari Harvey had a great play. Um, also, pass defended, which was the only pass defended of the game. And Georgia Tech, not only did they have no sacks, they had no tackles for. They had one tackle for loss. Yeah. Paul Moala had
0: one tackle for loss. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's rant time. Uh, I those of you that have listened to this show, and by the way, thank you always for listening. We so appreciate you guys joining us. I don't know how you guys are feeling. If you've listened to this show, I'm the positive one. I'm the long term guy. I'm the I'm the guy who's willing to be patient. Look no further than Josh Passner. I was yeah. willing to wait on him time and time and time again. I still like Josh, but it, it's time for me to rant. It's time for me to get some things off my chest about what's frustrating me because this team at three and four, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that we would be three and four to this point, I would go, well, hopefully we did some good things and hopefully we're improving. Maybe we had some tough luck losses. Maybe we had not learned how to win yet. What's frustrating is at three and four, this team looks worse now than they did after the first two games, after the first three games. This team is regressing. The defense is not getting better. The defense is giving up way too many points. Castellanos was allowed to just stand back in the pocket. I know you're scared of him running, but you can't just let him sit back there because any quarterback with halfway decent skills and he's got some is going to pick you apart. So the defense is not getting better. The offense is getting worse, especially from the way it started the season. But even getting worse from the last few, ga- I mean, it just seems like after the first three or four games, we're not either we're not adjusting, we're not advancing. Haynes King, who was doing so well at the beginning of the year, is showing that he's not a top-tier quarterback. And it's not even that, he's missing open receivers. He's getting inaccurate. I, and and is it because the offensive line is just not blocking? Because that's the one thing I continue to not see, is we're not getting better blocking. It, it just seems like he's scrambling for his life. So so you I cannot lay it at any one person's feet. I can't lay it at just at Coach Key's feet. I can't lay it just at the defense. I can't lay it just at the offense. I can't lay it just at Haynes King or just at the offensive line or just at the receivers or just at the running backs. I have to lay it at everybody's feet. This team is not getting better. And that's the thing I wanted to see. I didn't want to say it. We were so happy with the Miami win because we turned it off. And here they they come out and they they had this great win, this amazing miracle win. And they deserved it. And they earned it because they put themselves in that position. But what's frustrating is now three weeks in a row, I just really don't feel like this team is even playing close to its capacity, and it's not getting better. And I'm going to say this about Brent Key, and I'm going to make one friend of show maybe a little frustrated with me. I don't know if he'll pick up on this or not, because I like Brent Key. I think Brent Key is the man for this job. I believe in him for the long term, but I want to rant about one thing. Stop saying the same thing. I know that's what coaches do, I know coaches are designed to go to press conferences and not say much of anything, but I'm getting sick and tired of we got to go watch the film and then we got to fix it. You're not fixing it. You're not fixing it yet. So show me that you can fix it or start saying something else or say very little. Just say, we, you know, come up with some other answers because I'm getting tired of hearing the same thing, but nothing changes with the team. Joshua, your
1: thoughts. Well, um, so I I don't want to – obviously, like you said, I think that everybody deserves some level of blame for what's going on, um, especially on the offense. But the two that I'm looking at are Buster Faulkner and Haynes King because they have a lot more impact on what happens on offense than anybody else. I, I agree that the, the offensive line hasn't been great, but Haynes King is not taking a ton of sacks. And some of that is because of his mobility. Some of it is he's very good at escaping the pocket. I agree. And some of it is – I think the offensive line has been better than last year, which in all fairness, it's not hard to be better than what they were last year. Right, over the last but four years. The yeah. big thing with this is I saw it a little bit in the old Miss game, and I feel like it's kind of starting to kind of bleed through, and you see it with the way Georgia Tech performs a lot, especially in the second half or around the second and third quarter. It uh, Sometimes it comes different, but Buster Faulkner doesn't adjust a lot of his play. Yes, if you I agree. find something that like I saw the old miss game sticks out of my mind, partially because that's the game that I was really able to watch and study. He they'd had some success in the first couple drives throwing swing passes and throwing super short mm-hmm. and kind of trying to make get a little misdirection and try to get some open space. And once old miss keyed into that, Buster Faulkner didn't adjust for another two drives, and so there are two drives where. They're just throwing swing passes, and right when Haynes releases the ball, there's three DBs triggering on the guy. Right. So hey, Buster doesn't – there's no – I'm going to use this play to set up these plays later.
0: Right. It's, oh, I found a play that works. Let me keep doing it. Well, and there's a difference, I think, between we're going to keep running the same play till they stop it, which there's a, there's a place for that, and then just calling the same – Five sets of plays over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And I I interrupted you. What else do you want to say?
1: Um, Haynes King is the other one that deserves a whole ton of blame. Like you, like I said, he has been scrambling. There's a level of he deserves credit and he deserves, but see, here's the if he's scrambling, there's nothing wrong with throwing the football, right? There's nothing wrong with tucking and trying to get three yards. When you look at his game log, his three best games were against Louisville by quarterback rating right now, just as because a, a catch-all number. Louisville, South Carolina State, and Bowling Green. But Bowling Green was... We were coming from... he they were, We were airing it out at the end. It was yep. a lot of garbage time yep. trying to make this somewhat better. Yep. Other than that, the Wake Forest game, he didn't have to do a ton, but he still only completed 59% of his passes, 222 yards, touchdown and interception. And then the last two games, the last two games... He's completed 48% and 43.8% of his passes. He's thrown two touchdowns and five interceptions. He's thrown for combined 355 yards. Haynes is, is regressing That's exactly so right. severely. That's exactly right. He's almost so afraid to make a mistake that he's making mistakes. Yeah. And he's his, his accuracy, which was never great at Texas A&M, it was great at the beginning of the year. He was completing 72, 68, even when he was you know, 62. Now it's back down to the 40s. Yeah. Like, Haynes is not playing the way he did at the beginning of the year and kind of driving the offense. And it's really starting to hurt because now the running game is kind of a little stuck in the mud, right? Because they're okay. One on oneing everybody. And some of it is also on the receivers. The receivers aren't winning. Right. Eric Singleton is the only one that consistently wins. Malik Rutherford's very good at finding
0: some open space in the zone. You can't be anybody in man. And when they do separate, unfortunately, there are now two, three, or four times a game where Haynes is missing them. Yes. So, so even they're when open and he's missing. Them. They can't, they they're not being rewarded. So I want to take a moment. So we're gonna there's still gonna be a chance to maybe rant a little more. I wanna take a moment. I want to take a pause. I want to take a breath. Because those of you that are listening or who are typing at your keyboard or who wanna send me a text or who wanna, you know, do Email Joshua Julian26 at, at outlook.com. Sorry, I jumped on you there but I want to take a breath. I I want Joshua, I want you and I to both say a minute or two of let's let's make sure we're ranting, but we haven't given up hope. Okay, I want to reiterate a couple of things. Brent key, I still believe is the right man for this job. I very much believe that a lot we have some pieces, we have some players, there is some promise, I am seeing some flashes of, hey, these guys can play. I'm seeing some things that, especially given the last four years we've lived through, there's some potential for a long-term build to respectability, credibility, having some good teams. I still see that. That's all still in front of us, okay? But... What I realized at the end, so let me stop. You you say something positive, and then I'm gonna go Grant, back to
1: Key is still the man for the job. And the simple one that I'm gonna bring up with is, I think the talent evaluation that he has shown has been yes, has been a high level. Like when you look at the fact that he had such a short period of time to put together his recruiting class, and he was able to grab a unknown kid that was committed to Western Kentucky like Eric Singleton, and make him a true freshman. And then there's just a lot of true freshmen that we haven't necessarily seen a ton of.
0: Right. But it's a young very, team. It's very, a very highly young.
1: touted. Gabriel yes. Forston. Ethan McKinney's the starting left tackle is a true freshman. Yes. That's huge. Jacob Cruz had a lot of late helium. Zion Taylor. Um, Evan Dickens was getting some reps in camp, and it looked like he could be number three. And then in the transfer portal, bringing in guys like Eddie Kelly, like Dominic Blaylock. Um, so we're still very, Brett that, that needs to be, There's, that needs to be brought. Yes. And he's still kind of implementing his culture. I agree.
0: You got you, to give yeah, him, I'll friends.
1: let you say something else, but I've got a couple other things that I want to talk about with that.
0: Okay. And so, it's going to be me repeating myself. Okay. But, but is this positive or is this it's positive? Okay. So say you're positive. So then. my
1: positive is I've said it, I think two or three times already on the show. Rome wasn't built in a day Right. to build an empire. You have to start with the foundation. I have a list of f- uh, six coaches and teams that they are currently where they're on, and tell me, Stephen, if they were immediately championship contenders, if they immediately won ten games. Right. Um, Luke Fickle right now with Wisconsin. Luke Fickle has experience. He went to a college football play with Cincinnati for crying out loud. They're four and three. Right. Right. Florida State with Mike Norvell. Yeah. Were three and nine when he in right. his first year. Now they're competing for the college football play. It took them two or three years. Right. Oklahoma with Brent Venables. Brent Venables' first year, he, they were 6-7. and seven. There were people calling for his head immediately. Mm-hmm. And now he's got them in the top top six. Uh, Texas with Steve Sarkisian. I can't believe I'm saying something positive about Steve Sarkeesian. It took him multiple years to weed out the Tom Herman era and get the team to where he wanted to be. And now they're the second-best team in the Big 12 about to go to the ACC. Uh, Tulane with Willie Fritz. I saw a couple people talk about, you know, if we have Willie Fritz, we don't lose this game. Willie Fritz took six years to post a winning record at Tulane. Right. And again, Tulane's a really hard program to turn around. But I guarantee you, if we have Willie Fritz on the sideline, the same stuff's happening. Well... More likely than not, because a lot of it is you've got to get your guys in. You've got to get your
0: culture set up, right? And you've got to change everything. And for every one of those guys, there's also the Jeff Collins, who never get it turned around, who never... Who, who two years, three years in, you go, oh, crap. I don't know if this was the right guy. Yeah. And I really don't think we're going to say that with Brent. Maybe we say he isn't. Maybe he's more like a Josh Pastor, if we do,
1: yeah. If we do, we will not know for, for three two, years. Yes. Every coach gets two years to build. Same thing with Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Everybody was saying this. You get two years to set the foundation, the third year is when you need to see some progress. Right. And the fact that we've already seen progress just from where we were last year under under Jeff was, was a big deal. Or even look at Colorado and Deion Sanders. Right. He right. Brings in all these big time portal players. They, blow a Tech point they lead lost to, to Stanford. They, they had a
0: 29 point lead. To Stanford. Bad Stanford. Stanford. That's a worse loss than both of Georgia Tech's bad losses. I, well, know sure. I don't know about that. They were Bowling one and Green. four. Bowling Green is still worse. Stanford's worse. Okay. Whatever. Stanford <laughs> is one and four. <laughs> They're it, a punching yeah. bag. All right. And you were up 29 okay, to nothing. It, okay. So here's. Here's my one last rant. And then uh, I think you wanted to kind of give one other take on the rant idea. I I, I do want to say this. So I had said at the beginning of the season, hey, give us some hope or let us see some progress. We've yet to see that. Here's my goal that I have yet to state. So I wonder if anyone else would agree with this. As I look at where we are yet to this point, you know what I just, one of the other things that I got frustrated at, we have not played a complete and total game Yes, yet. We've not played four quarters in a row at the same game to, to, to show this is who we can be. We've had flashes. We've had moments. We've won some games, but we haven't played four full quarters. I, I just looked at the game. We had a great half against Louisville. I'm going to throw away the South Carolina State game. But even that was kind of tight in the beginning. We didn't, you know, it was, I don't know. Ole Miss, we had, we we kept it close for a half. Wake Forest, we didn't really, we did enough to win that game. We didn't play a complete game. And now that you're looking at Wake Forest, you're like, dang it, That that's, they're kind of like us. You know, they're trying to figure it out. You know, and then of green. course there's the Bowling Green game. You know, again, we put ourselves in a position. We did not play great in Miami we no. we put ourselves in a position and now we've we have not played a full game. Go play a full game even if you lose the game, let us be able to go, "Hey, they played a good game. The other team played a better game." Uh, hopefully you play a good game and we win, but we just have not played four quarters. That's what I want to see. All right, you had one more rant not necessarily about the team. Oh, yeah, um I kind
1: of touched on it. Um Can we, as fans, as fans, we need to distance ourselves from the hot take sports era that we're in. Okay, I understand the frustration. I really do. I'm frustrated too. But I saw someone say that Brent Key and Jeff Collins were back to back the worst head coaching hires in Georgia Tech football history. And respectfully, that's insane. Insane. We don't. We don't know how good or bad Brent Key is. You know, I mean, if you want context, in their first 15 games as head coaches at Georgia Tech, the Georgia Institute of Technology, Brent Key was four, Jeff Collins was four and 11, and his average point differential of eight loss was 16.4. Brent Key is seven and eight, and his average point differential of losses is 8.8. So he's not great right now. And you've also got to remember, he is a first time head coach. So well, I think I, he
0: gets a little time. Well, I think also to separate from the fire key or, you know, this, they're we're so terrible. We're never going to, we just need more NIL money. Bench this guy, you know, just fire them all. I mean, actually, uh, we, Joshua and I got to, were invited onto the live stream with C-Dog and his friend, Rec Talk. If you're not following Sea dog he was on our show. He brought us on his show uh follow his youtube channel and he's got a buddy rec talk who does a really good stuff on his channel i was watching rec talk kind of respond he did the brent key press conference and kind of put some responses to it and he made a he made a good comment you know he, he he was saying that if you know to the people who are like well just fire him this clearly is not working it's like he just started. You're already paying Collins $10 dollars million, million. to go stay away. Yeah, now you're gonna you know you're gonna fire Key and pay him ten million. And and, and by the way, who's gonna come coach a team at an institute that just fired two coaches in yeah. two years? No yeah. one's gonna. Who are you gonna get for that job? That's and how, you, how are you gonna
1: pay him? That's how you end up like Auburn having to hire heat yeah. Freeze. Um, yeah, I just everybody everybody take a take a slight chill pill, relax. It is what it is. It's a bad loss. It's something they will hopefully learn from. If they don't, we can talk about it in a year or two. But you don't have to be the first one on the bandwagon to be right.
0: Well, can, and what,
1: what it is. Sorry. You can acknowledge that he's not. He is. This is the second game that Georgia Tech has not shown up for that they should have shown up for. But it's not an indictment on the entire
0: Brent Key era. Right. The book is far from written we're only in the third inning right we're probably more like in the sec top of the second inning and and he needs to he does need to work on some coaching skills i would like to have him you know work on his press conference skills like a i little said bit. That- and and actually what it is is it's okay to be frustrated it's okay to occasionally let out some steam and, and say some things but just make sure you don't go down the grass is not always greener. Yeah and and the troll and 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 making it sound so easy of just bench this guy and fire this guy and that'll that'll do everything, you know, or we just need more NIL money. What does that mean? That doesn't guarantee anything. Look at Dion. You still gotta coach him up. You still gotta build the process. You still gotta build and Rome wasn't built in a day. I'll I'll start using your <laughs> quote. It, is that Rome, Georgia? Is that the Rome Braves the Roman, stadium? Roman Coliseum. Oh, yeah, also, also okay. those two. Those were not built in a yeah. day either. <laughs> but,
1: um, I mean, and the other thing I think that we aren't acknowledging is with the recruiting, Key has hired a pretty good staff considering yeah. some of the talent that they have found and brought in yeah. and that we've held on to. After those two losses, if multiple recruits had kind of decommitted, I would have been like, I, I understand after yeah. that. But when you lose to Bowling Green and then you lose to Boston College and you've still got – Number 32 in the nation, you still bring it. Trajan Greco is getting so much more helium. Luke Harpering went from unknown to top 250, and they're still sticking by their commitment right now. That's a pretty big deal.
0: I am going to give you one little tip that you can take with you. Uh, if you are talking to people, well, first of all, we probably shouldn't engage with them on social media, but if you know one of these tech fans or people who say they're tech fans and, and are saying, oh, they need to fire a key, I would ask them this question. Hey, when Paul Johnson was there, did you want them to get rid of Paul Johnson? Yeah. Uh, it is Interesting. Limited. Because I heard all those people, we're never going to win with a high school offense. We're never going to win the big game. You know, Paul is, uh, by the way, little tidbit, Paul is entering the College Football Hall of Fame, and deservedly so. Absolutely. And he, I will, I will discuss with anyone that if you really look at it, length of time and amount of big games won and things they did – well, Johnson is arguably the best coach in Georgia Tech history, post Bobby Dodd era, yeah. post post you know uh, John there. Heisman, Bobby Dodd era. Up there, yeah, it, it, it's it is what it is. Bobby Ross won the national title, but he wasn't here long enough. Yeah, well, so up next for yeah. the Georgia
1: Tech Yellow Jackets, now we've put that behind us. We can move forward. Georgia Tech will be playing North Carolina. All right, I don't next. even want to go into a preview. At I'm this not going to preview it too yeah. much. I'm All just right, gonna going to do ahead. something quick. North Carolina is coming off arguably a worse loss. They lost to
0: Virginia last week. By the way, I saw a tech fan on I saw a tech fan on Facebook. Well, Virginia beat North Carolina, so we're going to lose that game too. We played Virginia afterwards, but either way,
1: they lost to Virginia at they lost, at North Carolina. They lost thirty one twenty seven. Up to that point, they had won a lot of their games, but I mean, they were playing teams like App State, Minnesota, Pitt. Uh, their best win had probably been either Miami or South Carolina, which both teams are kind of meh, A little eh, little meh. Pitt, yeah, well, but no, Pitt has not been good.
0: Well, um, they won way. their
1: they had their big upset win too. So they will be playing at Bobby Dodd at eight o'clock. So show up, show out. Let's bathe that stadium in white and gold. Let's show them what's really going on, and let's uh, contain Drake May.
0: You know what? Let's let's see them play a full game. That's that's As that's what now, I want. In the last five games that we played, UNC play is at an point points. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. that means they're a fourteen you, point favorite, and so at home you would take off three points. So. For those of you that are betting men, just yeah. so you know, and women. All right, you know what? We want to have a little fun. I know we're going a little long here. We ranted a little long, but I, I want to have a little fun. This is the point in the show. We're we're gonna talk a little analytics about our show. We're gonna have a little fun, and we want to shout out you guys. Feel free to turn it off if you're done with the sports news. We know we're kind of at our limit. But one of the things we've, we have joked about the dozens and dozens of what's the good word fans. And you know what? The dozens continue to grow. We are so happy that uh, if you found us, that you keep listening to us. We hope to continue to deliver good news and have a little fun and also do a little analytics and make it entertaining a little bit to talk about Georgia Tech Athletics. But we wanted to have a little fun with the analytics. You know, there's there's a saying that when it comes in the podcast world, if you get somewhere around 150 to 200 listeners per show, you're probably right at about the 50% mark. Podcasting is such an interesting world where it, it half of the podcasts that are out there have less than 100 to 150 listens. So we it looks like we are in the top half. Woo! We're getting there.
1: We're yeah, we, our
0: SAT scores are over 1,000, so <laughs> we're very happy about that. Certainly not tech level yet, but uh, we're getting there. But the other thing we wanted to do is uh, at the very at early on in this sh- episode, early on in this show, Joshua pointed out one time that we had, had a listener. I think it was in Latvia. It was right? in Latvia. Yeah, so we thought we'd go back to the map. I'm the map. I'm, I'm the, the map, map. I'm the map. map. All right. I thought we'd go back to the podcasting map, and Joshua has got some update on... Some of the latest listener locations that I we want indeed. to shout out. So,
1: um, United States obviously makes up a large portion of ninety-eight point five eight percent. Shout out to the Americans, but we are officially what's the good world worldwide. Oh, shout out to Titus O'Neil. We have, and I, I'm not kidding you, five downloads from the United Kingdom. Okay. Um, three downloads from Australia. We've we've made it down under, Stephen. Good day, the mate. land down under. Um, we also have multiple different downloads from Latvia, so the fans in Latvia are still listening. Oh, we're
0: doubling our fanship in Latvia. Yes, all in Riga. Oh, apparently. I like that. Okay. Uh, but
1: then we also have one download in each of the following okay. countries. And I'm going to go um, from most common to least common. Canada. We've made our way up north. Um, it's Italy. So uh, Tony D'Angelo <laughs> over, over in Italy. Had, Stacks. Had, and- got the family listening. Um, and then we have Brazil. Uh-huh. We have a nice presence in Brazil. We also have—did um, I say India?
0: No, but you just India. Did. Yeah.
1: India is another one, and then we get to my two personal favorites: South Africa and Saint Lucia. Wow, we're big in
0: Saint Lucia. I, I don't even—I don't even know where Saint Lucia is. You put it on a map, I wouldn't be able to tell you. So, if you know where Saint Lucia is, please email email us at JoshuaJulian26 at Outlook. If you are the South, if you are the South African downloader.
1: Yeah. Or if you're the St.
0: Lucia downloader, email if us. If you're the downloader from any of those countries, please let us know. We'll we'll read your email on the air. We we don't like to read curse words, but we will, yeah, we please will don't read process. your email uh, down the uh, on the air and tell everybody uh you can be our field reporter, our international desk would open up yes. from that. Uh, CNN watch out. I do wanna say, and we'll we'll mention them in other episodes, but I do want to give a special shout out to C Dog and Rec Talk if you're not following them or Check in on them. They have uh, YouTube channels. They do a lot of live streams. They also do some recorded, some uh, some produced stuff. Uh, they talk about the upcoming games. C-Dog had, I worried about C-Dog a little bit. And, and after the Boston College game, he was very upset. And I do want to tell our listeners this. It, it, it occurred to me, and I said to Joshua, you know, C-Dog was on our show ahead of the Bowling Green game. And C-Dog invited us to be on his show after the bye week heading into the Boston College game. So we have collabed with C-Dog, and immediately after that, the football team has had their two worst games of the year. Only off-season collabs now. Yeah, so we're going to do off-season collabs, or we're going to figure out how to call it something else or do something else, because we don't want to risk having another game anything like the Bowling Green and Boston College game, and I don't blame Sea Dog. It's all our fault. He's the one who uh, he's the one who approached us, and and we you know invited him on the show. So it's our fault. It's totally one hundred percent our fault. Our fault. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we wear the cone of shame. Uh, <laughs> I hope uh, I hope this helped you guys. I hope you were right there yelling with us. Hope you're not yelling at us. If you do, Joshua Julian twenty six at Outlook.com. Again, all hope, caps uh, so I know you're yelling. Yeah, all caps. Five exclamation points at least. So thank you for hanging on with us. Thank you for listening to our analytics because we are growing. We want to continue to do that. If you know any Georgia Tech fans or alum who aren't yet listening to the show, invite them to listen. Yeah, we're a little irreverent. We're not always that organized. And we shout out Ramblin' Rec and all of our other sources as much as we can. So for... Actually, not for Joshua. This is your alum, Stephen, at wanting Joshua to remind you of one very important question in a horrible week that we just lived through in football, but not in volleyball. What's that question, Joshua? What's the good word?